Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. It's a quarterly that's put out by the people at Mount Zion Bible Church, Pensacola, Florida. The topic this quarter is stumbling blocks, and to speak on it, we're reading the words of Matthew Henry, who we listened to once before in this series. You remember who Matthew Henry is, if you've ever read his commentaries. He lived from 1662 to 1714. He's using Romans 15.3 as his text and title of the message, Christ pleased not himself. Romans 15.1 says we must bear the infirmities of the weak. We all have our infirmities, but the weak are more subject to them than others. The weak in knowledge or grace, the bruised reed and the smoking flax. We must consider these, not trample upon them, but encourage them and bear with their infirmities. If through weakness they judge and censure and speak evil of us, we must bear with them, pity them, and not have our affections alienated from them. Alas, it is their weakness. They cannot help it. Thus Christ bore with his weak disciples and apologized for them, but there's more in it. We must also bear their infirmities by sympathizing with them, concerning ourselves for them, ministering strength to them as there is occasion. This is bearing one another's burdens. We must not please ourselves but our neighbors, Romans fifteen one and 2. We must deny our own inclination in consideration of our brethren's weakness and infirmity. So, number one, Christians must not please themselves. We must not make it our business to gratify all the little appetites and desires of our own heart. It is good for us to cross ourselves sometimes, and then we shall uh, the better bear others' crossing of us. The first lesson we have to learn is to deny ourselves. Number two, Christians must please their brethren. The design of Christianity is to soften and meeken the spirit, to teach us the art of obliging and true complacence, not to be servants to the lust of any, but to the necessities and infirmities of our brethren, to comply with all that we have to do with as far as we can with a good conscience. Christians should study to be pleasing, as we must not please ourselves in the use of our Christian liberty, which was allowed us not for our own pleasure, but for the glory of God and the profit and edification of others, so we must please our neighbors. How amiable and comfortable a society would the Church of Christ be if Christians would study to please one another, as now we see them commonly industrious to cross and thwart and contradict one another. Please his neighbor, not in everything, for it is not an unlimited rule, but for his good, especially for the good of his soul. We must not please him by serving his wicked wills, humoring him in a sinful way, consenting to his enticements or suffering sin upon him. This is a base way of pleasing our neighbor to the ruin of his soul. If we thus please men, we are not the servants of Christ. But please him for his good, not for our own secular good, 
or to make a prey of him, but for his spiritual good. To edification, that is, not only for his profit, but for the profit of others, to edify the body of Christ by studying to oblige one another. The closer the stones lie and the better they are square to fit one another, the stronger the building is. Now, observe the reason why Christians must please one another, for even Christ pleased not himself. The self-denial of our Lord Jesus is the best argument against the selfishness of Christians. Observe, first, that Christ pleased not himself. He did not consult his own worldly credit, ease, safety, nor pleasure. He had not where to lay his head, lived upon alms, would not be made a king, detested no proposal with greater abhorrence than than that of master spare thyself. He did not seek his own will, washed his disciples' feet, endured the contradiction of sinners against himself, troubled himself, did not consult his own honor, and in a word, emptied himself and made himself of no reputation. And all this for our sakes, to bring in a righteousness for us and to set us an example. His whole life was a self-denying, self-displeasing life. He bore the infirmities of the weak. Secondly, that herein the scripture was fulfilled. As it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. This is quoted out of Psalm 69.9, the former part of which verse is applied to Christ, where it says, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. And the latter part here, for David was a type of Christ, and his sufferings a type of Christ's sufferings. It is quoted to show that Christ was so far from pleasing himself that he did in the highest degree displease himself. Not as if his undertaking, considered on the whole, was a task and grievance to him, for he was very willing to it and very cheerful in it. But in his humiliation, the content and satisfaction of natural inclination were altogether crossed and denied. He preferred our benefit before his own ease and pleasure. This the apostle chooses to express in scripture language, for how can the things of the Spirit of God be better spoken of than in the Spirit's own words? And this scripture he alleges, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. The shame of those reproaches that Christ underwent is first, whatever dishonor was done to God was a trouble to the Lord Jesus. He was grieved for the hardness of people's hearts, beheld a sinful place with sorrow and tears. When the saints were persecuted, Christ so far displeased himself as to take what was done to them as done against himself. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Christ also did endure himself the greatest indignities. There was much reproach in his sufferings. And also the sin of those reproaches that Christ undertook to satisfy. So many understand it anyway. Every sin is a kind of reproach to God, especially presumptuous sins. Now, the guilt of these fell upon Christ when he was made sin, that is, 
a sacrifice, a sin offering for us. When the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all, and he bore our sins in his own body upon the tree, they fell upon him as upon our surety. Upon me be the curse. This was the greatest piece of self-displacency that could be, considering his infinite, spotless purity and holiness, the infinite love of the Father to him, and his eternal concern for his Father's glory. Nothing could be more contrary to him, no more against him, than to be made sin and a curse for us, and to have the reproaches of God fall upon him, especially considering for whom he thus displeased himself, for strangers, enemies, traitors, the just for the unjust. This seems to come in as a reason why we should bear the infirmities of the weak. We must not please ourselves, for Christ pleased not himself. We must bear the infirmities of the weak, for Christ bore the reproaches of those that reproached God. He bore the guilt of sin and the curse for it. We are only called to bear a little of the trouble of it. He bore the presumptuous sins of the wicked. We are called only to bear the infirmities of the weak. Even Christ, even he who was infinitely happy in the enjoyment of himself, who needed not us nor our services, even he who thought it no robbery to be equal with God, who had reason enough to please himself and no reason to be concerned, much less to be crossed for us, even he pleased not himself, even he bore our sins. And should not we be humble, self-denying, and ready to consider one another, who are members one of another? That is taken directly from Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible. It's in the public domain and used here by permission. And that ends this quarterly edition of the Free Grace Broadcaster. If you'd like to have this free periodical sent to you every three months, just send an email to the folks at chapel at mountzion.org. Chapel at mountzion.org. Well, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on December 19, 2022. I'd like to uh, announce a little bit of a break here for the rest of this calendar year, 2022. I will come back on January the 1st, 2023, Lord willing, trying to figure out uh, which way to go. Maybe you could give me some ideas, perhaps a person that you would like to hear from more, or perhaps I've never used that person. It has to be someone who is not living and whose voice could not be heard in any other way. Uh, in other words, I wouldn't be doing... I, I've done a couple of some of those. I'd, I've just decided not to do that anymore. But somebody who whose voice we don't know about, his physical voice. And uh, I would love to hear from you. I notice... That the numbers uh, in my on my site have been steadily decreasing. It could be that Bob's time is is up on the on the internet or on the sermon audio. If that's true, you could uh, send me a reason for that. Maybe you have some ideas as to uh, what I could or could not do in the future. Um, but it's looking uh, a little like maybe uh, we're ready for retirement. <laughs> You let me know. I'll come back on the first, unless the Lord intervenes and shows me something else. God bless you.
This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we'll talk again eventually. Bye-bye.